Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be obtaining prosperity. Let's begin in 1 Kings chapter 2. In 1 Kings chapter 2, beginning in the first verse, it says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments, and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word, which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab the son of Zariah did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the hosts of Israel, unto Abner the son of Ner, and unto Amasa the son of Jephthah, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his whore head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai the Galeadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shammai the son of Gera, a Benjaminite of Baharim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his head bring thou down to the grave with blood. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. In this chapter, we find that David was giving his son Solomon some wisdom and life lessons right before he was going to die. Solomon had a wise father. He was a good man. The word of God tells us that he was a man after God's own heart. He had to be in order to be a good leader over God's people. Samuel said to Saul, David's predecessor, in 1 Samuel 13 and 14, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. The man referred to is David. Acts 13 and 22 confirms this. It says, And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, 
which shall fulfill all my will. Being a man after God's own heart didn't mean that he was perfect. Far from it. No one's perfect. But he was honest with the Lord. When he made a mistake, he owned up to it, and he admitted when he was at fault. He loved the Lord with all his heart, all his soul, and all his strength. And it was this relationship that he had with the Lord that set him apart and made him the great man that he was. This chapter also shows us that not only was he a great man, but he was also a great father. We see this clearly in that he was instructing his son in the way that he should go. He was imparting understanding to him of how he should properly conduct his life. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is a promise from God. Solomon wrote this proverb. He recorded this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but he also experienced it and witnessed it firsthand in his own life, because he had a father who did this for him. He trained him up and raised him in the ways of the Lord. This chapter is the last part of Solomon's training. The last lesson that David had to offer to him was about prosperity and success. These are the proper end results of training a child in the right way. Every parent wants their child to prosper in life and to be a success in life, and David was no different. That's why David was giving Solomon the keys to successfulness. He was teaching him what it truly means to be successful and prosperous in life. No matter whether we had an earthly father who desired this for us and trained us in this way or not, we all have a heavenly father who desires above all our prosperity and success. And he has put his Holy Spirit within us to lead us and to guide us so that we can see these things manifest in our lives. 3 John verse 2 tells us, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Since success and prosperity are things that we all desire to have, and also things that God desires for us to have, we need to take a closer look at what David was teaching Solomon. Verse 3 told us, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, and his commandments, and his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. This same verse in the NSAB version says, Keep thou the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest succeed in all that you do, and wherever you turn. Prosperity and success are translated from the same word. These words are in most cases interchangeable. We need to ask ourselves, what exactly do these things mean? What is prosperity? Noah Webster defined prosperity as advance or gain in anything good or desirable, successful progress in any business or enterprise, success, attainment of the object desired. But there's more to the story than just this. The Greek word that translates as either prosper or succeed means to be prudent. And this reveals a lot to us about not just what true success is, but also how to obtain it. Success is inseparable from prudence. They both go hand in hand. People today almost always equate prosperity with money. They think the more money that they accrue, the more successful that they are. 
But this is a misunderstanding of success. Success is not only about money. Money is only a small part of it. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Many people today are physically rich, but spiritually and morally bankrupt, which leaves them no more successful than anyone else. True success has a lot of elements to it. There's faith, character, family, friendships, work, and many other elements. True prosperity has to do with every area of our lives, and it manifests outwardly. Others can notice when someone is truly prosperous. A prosperous man is a faithful man. Like David, he loves the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength. He's a hard-working man who has values and has morals. He molds his character and his work ethic around the Word of God. He leads his family and is there when they need him, and he builds friendships that are long-lasting and edifying. This is what real prosperity looks like on a practical level. Money can add to a man's success, but it's not the barometer by which it should be measured. Your faith and your willingness to allow your faith to influence every area of your life is the foundation. It provides the right soil and the right environment for success to grow in and to flourish. We next need to ask ourselves, how do we get to this point? We need prudence. It's impossible to be truly successful without it. But what exactly is prudence? Noah Webster defines prudence as wisdom applied to practice. Prudence implies caution in deliberating and consulting on the most suitable means to accomplish valuable purposes and the exercise of sagacity and discerning and selecting them. Prudence differs from wisdom in this, that prudence implies more caution and reserve than wisdom, or is exercised more in foreseeing and avoiding evil than in devising and executing that which is good. It is sometimes mere caution or circumspection. Prudence is principally in reference to actions to be done, and do means, order, season, and method of doing or not doing. Prudence is a value that has largely been overlooked in our culture. We've been taught and conditioned to do the opposite of what prudence calls for. While prudence calls for us to look long-term and consider all the long-term consequences of our words and actions, the world today only thinks of the present. They only look at the effects in the short term. They're only concerned with what feels the most pleasurable in the moment and what's the easiest course of action at that time. These are the people who fall prey to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In the moment, it may work out fine. It may even seem like they did what was best. But this is only temporal. Soon they run into problems and are forced to face the consequences of their previous words and actions because they refuse to operate in prudence. And this prevents them from experiencing true success in the fullest sense. Lack of prudence is the greatest hindrance to success. But the embracing of prudence opens up the doorway to prosperity. It paves the way. There's a common saying nowadays that you only live once. And this gets to the heart of the world's mindset. Their worldview says that since life is short, we shouldn't worry about what's going to happen. We shouldn't plan too far ahead. We should only concern ourselves with the here and now. This is an incredibly dangerous ideology because today always comes to an end and then tomorrow comes and if we're not prudent, we won't be prepared. For the Christian, prudence is of even more importance because we don't only need to look ahead for this life, we also have an eternity ahead of us. It's easy to take the thought of eternity for granted because we become so familiar with hearing it. 
But we need to really understand and realize that we are literally going to live forever. We are never going to die. And when we grasp this as our new reality, it affects our entire lives, especially when it comes to prudence. It changes how we look at life and the world around us, which changes our thoughts and our actions and our speech. We need to look through the eternal lens. A theologian once said, In matters of conscience, first thoughts are best. In matters of prudence, last thoughts are best. Since prudence is necessary, we need to look at what informs our prudence. How do we know the eternal consequences of doing wrong? How do we know what's best for us? These are the questions that prudence seeks to answer. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in the 14th verse, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word of God informs our prudence. First Kings 2 and 3 told us, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments, and his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. God has written down his word. He's recorded it for us. Some have said that the Bible is an acronym standing for Believer's Instructions Before Leaving Earth. The Lord gives his word to instruct us, teach us, lead us, and guide us in the way that we should go, to show us how we should properly conduct our lives, and show us what is truly profitable to us in the long term and in eternity. The same way an earthly father wills certain things for a son and trains him as a child, God as our Heavenly Father uses His Word to train us as His children so that we can live in the way that He wills for us to do so. We are the most successful and prosperous in life when we are living out the will of God. His Word is His will, and it's our inheritance. We have the playbook. The Bible is our map to prosperity. When we learn it and live it out, God prepares us to enter into the success that He has for us. Solomon understood the importance of prudence. It was how he became the wisest and the wealthiest man in history. And he spoke about its importance in Proverbs. Proverbs 27 and 12 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil, and hideth himself. But the simple pass on, and are punished. Proverbs 13 and 16 tells us, Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. Proverbs 15 and 5 says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. And Proverbs 14 and 15 tells us, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Prudence is the only option for the Christian, because the alternative is foolishness, and God never calls his people to be fools. Fools are never successful, because they can't handle it. They're not prepared and it causes them to miss the opportunity to prosper. We can't allow the enemy to deceive us into caring only for the here and now. We need to follow the command of God and be prudent, so when prosperity comes, we'll be able to receive it and to enjoy it. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 11. 
In 1 Kings, chapter 11, beginning in the first verse, it says, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go in to them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord had commanded. We find here that a drastic change took place in Solomon's life, to the point where he turned away from God. We need to ask ourselves, how did the wisest and wealthiest man to ever live fall this far and get to this point? Verse 4 tells us, For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. He forsook what his father taught him. He wasn't following what David had trained him to do. Verse 6 said, And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. David loved the Lord with all his heart, all his soul, and all his strength, and he taught Solomon to do the same. He did it for a long time, but at the end of his life, he deviated from what he'd been taught. He wasn't just deviating from his earthly father's will. More importantly, he was deviating from his heavenly father's will, which has eternal repercussions. The man who had taught so many times about prudence had a lapse in prudence, and this manifested in his actions. He stopped looking long term. He stopped looking through the eternal lens. He wasn't thinking about the effects of his decision on the people of Israel. His actions were putting them on the wrong course. He wasn't thinking about his children and his posterity and the effect that his decisions would have on them. Worst of all, he wasn't thinking about the state of his soul and his relationship with God. He was allowing the enemy to infiltrate his life and to pull him away from God. He failed to be prudent and the effects were devastating. He lost the prosperity and the success that he once had. This didn't mean that he had less money. He was still the wealthiest man on earth. But he lost what truly matters. He lost his faith. He lost his character. And he lost his God. Any man who dies without God is not a success. Without God, we're nothing. Since Solomon fell into this trap, we know that no one is invincible. We all must guard ourselves because if we're not careful, prosperity can be the very thing that destroys us. Noah Webster once said, Our disposition to abuse the blessings of providence renders prosperity dangerous. Prosperity, although a blessing to us, 
can become a curse to us when it causes us to become comfortable and complacent to the point that we start to forget God and the things of God. Proverbs 1 and 32 tells us, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. The antidote to this is being able to grow with prosperity, which requires us to be prudent. It's an inability to grow that destroys people. People make the grave mistake of idolizing their prosperity, and this is because although their prosperity grew, they didn't grow as a person. They didn't mature, so they could no longer handle the prosperity that they had, which causes them to give success itself, God's place in their lives, which in the end completely destroys a man. This is never God's will for us. He's given us his word, and he's put his Holy Spirit within us to guide us and to protect us. The key to growing with prosperity is understanding that although the blessings change and grow, the source never changes. God is always the source of our success, which lays the foundation for us to grow and to flourish. 3 John verse 2 told us, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Both times we see prosper here, it's translated from the same Greek word. It means to cause to prosper, to have a prosperous journey, to have a happy, successful journey. The concordance goes on to say that it means to be on the right, profitable path, leading to real success and good fortune, where someone truly prospers. On this journey of life that we're all on together, God is our Heavenly Father, desires above all our prosperity and success. He puts us on the right path. He holds our hand the whole way and leads us throughout the journey. We have to let him lead us. We have to receive what he has for us, and we have to be prudent. If we do these things, we'll find that we have true success and true prosperity. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you have made a way for us to obtain true success and true prosperity in our life, that you haven't left us to fend for ourselves with no understanding and no wisdom of how to manifest these things in our life. Lord, we thank you that you are our source and that since you are within us, we have to look no further than to look within ourselves to find the true prosperity and the true success that we look for in this life. Lord, we thank you that you have put us on the right profitable path on this journey of life that we are all on and that your Holy Spirit within us holds our hand and guides us the entire way as you lead us along this journey until that point that we see these things manifest in our day-to-day -day life. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us and haven't forsaken us, and that you desire these things for us above all. And Lord, we thank you that these things are already beginning to manifest in our life, and we proclaim them done, because every promise in you is yea and amen. Lord, we thank you for all those things that you have brought about and done in our life in the past. We thank you for all that you're doing right now, and we're thanking you for the success and the prosperity that is going to manifest in the days ahead. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to be truly successful and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. 
Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.